0: Today, on The Ticker Tapes, we talk to Rahana, who was enjoying a regular gym session when she suffered a
1: cardiac arrest out of the blue in her 20s. I was completely, completely healthy, nothing in the family, no history of heart condition or anything. I didn't drink, I didn't take drugs, and I was in the gym and I had a sudden, I just had a cardiac arrest, completely out of the blue.
0: From the British Heart Foundation, I'm Ruth Huntman. On the Ticket Tapes, we hear from people living with heart and circulatory conditions. On this episode, Rahana, a DJ and musician, talks to me about life after her cardiac arrest, living with an ICD, and how her creativity and positive outlook on life has helped her cope. Rahana, thank you so much for joining me on the Ticket Tapes. Can you start by briefly telling me a little bit about yourself and your life and your work?
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I love the ticker tapes. You've done some incredible, incredible episodes. Um, So, yeah, my name's Rohana. I'm a musician, born and bred in London. Um, I started off in classical music and then I moved into electronic music, which is what I do now. So I produce music and I DJ. um, And yeah, I've been a BHF ambassador for about eight years now.
0: Amazing. We'll we'll come on to that a little later because you're you're one of our warmest and very valued supporters. So we'll talk about that in a bit. But let let's just sort of get on to your story. So you you know, fair to say you were fit and healthy and living a really pretty normal life, had no health problems. Um, but then in January 2013 it changed forever in a way that you couldn't have imagined. So can
1: you tell me? you know what happened yeah of course so um so it was in march 2013 i was completely completely healthy nothing in the family no history of heart condition or anything i didn't drink i didn't take drugs um and i was in the gym and i had a sudden i just had a cardiac arrest completely out of the blue um fortunately for me there was a doctor right next to me at the time and she immediately recognized what had happened gave me cpr um, and there was also already an ambulance park. Outside. Um, So I was defibrillated within minutes um, and my heart restarted. And I was taken to a wonderful hospital in London, UCH, and I was um, put in a coma. Um, For a couple of days, they cooled my body to protect my brain and my organs from damage, um, which can happen after a cardiac arrest because obviously of the shortage of oxygen. Um, And then I came round, was in intensive care for a bit, and then I was fitted with an ICD. And then since then, thanks to the amazing treatment that I received in the hospital and also, um, obviously, the first response of the wonderful doctor that was beside me at the time and the ICD, I have been able to just live my life normally, really, completely normally. I've still been able to do all the things that I love doing. I've still been able to go out and do gigs kind of four or five times a week, um, travelling Uh, doing my job I've got married Um, so yeah it's been really um, it's uh, I'm, I'm hugely grateful for the care that I received back then. Wow, just what what a story. So just going back a little bit to that day, I mean, yes.
0: it, were you, am I right in in thinking you were on a rowing machine at the time?
1: Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. And I'd only been on the rowing machine for about like, probably like five minutes or something. And I went to the gym every day. So I was really fit. It was absolutely not something that was out of the ordinary for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just my, my heart went into an abnormal rhythm and stopped. Wow. So um yeah, it was very sudden. Wow. And it was, I mean, it was really fortuitous that there happened to be an ambulance outside,
0: presumably on its way to another job, and also um the, the staff member knew exactly what to do at the yeah, gym as well.
1: Exactly, and that is so crucial because yeah. I mean, as obviously as you guys know, CPR is so important. You know, when it's the most important thing when somebody has a cardiac arrest you just have to, somebody just has to start doing CPR, you know, Um, because I think I can't remember the exact statistics, but I know that obviously the um, chance of survival decreases dramatically with every minute. So I was so lucky to um, have CPR within seconds. You mentioned the stats there, and I think it's one one in 10
0: who have an out of hospital cardiac arrest like yourself that don't survive so you know that really brings it home doesn't it how important it it is to to learn CPR yeah Um, and when I mean obviously your your memories of that day are are, are sort of thankfully I think probably a you know not very clear because you were out of it but Mm. when when you woke up in hospital sort of you know and and were brought out of your induced coma well can you remember what how it was explained to you and, and kind of what went through your mind at that point
1: Well, I mean, I had, as I said, I had such brilliant care um, when I was in critical care. So when I, my kind of first memory of coming round was actually of my nurse singing to me. (laughs) Um, So she was very calm and so sweet. Um, And she was kind of like by my side the whole time I was in a coma, her or or someone else. So they told me kind of what had happened even when I was conscious, semi-unconscious. So actually, when I came round, I sort of, I wasn't really surprised by what had happened you right. know I think it had kind of sunk in um, and my family were there as well um, which made a huge difference because they were allowed to stay and that I think made a huge difference in making me feel kind of safe when I came around and I understood what was happening and I just remember just feeling an enormous amount of gratitude yeah. and also I was quite matter of fact about it I think I just thought well you know I'm Incredibly lucky to be alive. So now, whatever needs to happen to keep me healthy and to keep me alive, that's what will happen. So, when um, the doctors came around and explained uh, what an ICD was to me and that I had the option of having one fitted, um, for me, it was absolutely like a no brainer. I yeah. was 100% going to have one fitted. Um, so, yeah.
0: But before we get onto that and the impact that that the ICD has had on on you and your life, what was any reason ever given for
1: for why you'd had this cardiac arrest? So, I don't have like a condition as such, and that was also why they why the ICD was so important because you know there wasn't necessarily anything surgical that they could do at the time that would. Prevent it from ever happening again. Sure. So, yeah.
0: And and did you know, Rahana? Before um you had your cardiac arrest, did you know you had an abnormal heart rhythm, or was this no, a, no, no, it's no something no. you've had since? Yeah. And yeah. they
1: actually said, like, you know, even if I'd been and gone to the hospital i mean it might not even have shown up you yeah, know sure. um i mean i've had i've had holters since and i've obviously had lots of ecg's and mm-hmm. stuff and it just it's just that moment you know because i have ectopics and um like you know most people do and so so
0: tell me a little bit about this
1: icd so i mean basically as
0: as you've said it's kind of, it, it's an insurance really isn't mm. it against it Hopefully, against it happening again because it shocks your heart back into a regular rhythm, um, exactly to prevent an, another cardiac arrest. So, and, and am I right in thinking that it did actually go off sort of fairly soon after? Your, your cardiac arrest?
1: Yeah, so in my recovery about six months after, um, it did, it gave me a shock. Um, so It gave me an electric shock. So it successfully shocked my heart back into a safe rhythm. And so it is possible that without that shock, I may well have had another cardiac arrest. Mm. Um, It was going like over 300 um, beats per minute. And so I got shocks, um, electric shocks from that as well. And again, that saved my life, which was just incredible. Um, So, yeah. And and c- can I ask you, because there was no kind of, as
0: you say, sort of real medical reason given as to mm-hmm. why you'd had it, did did that make it harder psychologically for you to recover? I know you're very pragmatic and, as you say, matter of fact, but did, did you struggle at any point psychologically?
1: You know, funnily, I think it almost made it easier for me because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a big believer also in the connection between mind and body, yeah. and I think for me... Um, kind of eight years on I can see the pattern now I mean because also with the ICD what's brilliant about it is that the hospital actually get a download of my heart rhythm so even if I haven't had shocks or even if anything dangerous hasn't happened they can see maybe there have been some days when I've had you know more abnormal rhythms than other days and for me it's always almost always it's linked to stress so for me I just sort of thought well I just need to try and stay as calm as possible Mm -hmm. and try and do things um physically and mentally that make sure that I I stay calm I mean I was already physically healthy I mean I already ate really well as I said I didn't drink I exercised but just making sure that I always have enough sleep making sure I don't get too stressed and I think also doing what I love in life, having my career as a musician, that's huge for me. Um, That really, yeah, mentally and emotionally, um, that makes me extremely happy. And I think that has a massive impact on my health. So no, I I think actually, it made me feel more empowered, actually, because I felt This is something that's in my control, and there's something that I can do about this. Cool, and and you made a really brilliant
0: point there. I mean, you know, you're ridiculously creative, and I think having a creative outlet has probably helped you a lot. Throughout. Definitely, yeah.
1: definitely, yeah. That's definitely writing my writing our own music, yep. producing it, going out playing music. Yeah, that's it's incredible. Yeah. Um, did what happened to you? Did your cardiac arrest sort of
0: affect your work in any way? Sort of the things you wrote about the, that you know the direction you you took your career, um, what what you told people. Had I wondered if it has had any kind of impact?
1: So, I mean, as I said, I was doing classical music before um, and I always knew I wanted to be a musician but maybe do something different from classical music because I'd done classical music intensely since I was like 10 years old. So it had been a good 12 years by the time I graduated. And I think, you know, having my cardiac arrest and when you have such a close encounter with death I think it really does make you appreciate every day and it makes you really realize like we are only on this planet once that we only have one life um so I think yeah perhaps it did push me to go and learn DJing and learn music production maybe a bit earlier than I would have done I think I would have done it anyway but I think it really focused my mind um and um it's funny in terms of what you say about Um, has it changed what I tell people when I had my first cardiac arrest um, I really did not tell people particularly new people that I was working with I I never told anybody that I had had any sort of heart event before because I was worried that people would judge me or maybe they wouldn't employ me Uh, completely wrongly so but you know that was just an anxiety I had but I think we're going to get on to this.
0: As a charity, the British Heart Foundation depends on the generosity of donors to continue carrying out our life-saving research. Thank you to all those who already give. It's truly appreciated. If you too would like to donate, you can do so by going to bhf.org.uk slash donate. And now, back to the conversation.
1: A few months ago, I had another event And um, now that I'm a producer and a DJ, um, our community on Instagram, and I say our because I'm in a DJ duo with my husband now, our community on Instagram, uh, my husband did a post about it and actually shared it um, when I was in my coma because we had to, because everyone was wondering where I was. And actually, the support that I got and the love that we both received from that was just incredible and it was such a surprise to me and I kind of almost wished that I had actually shared it earlier I'd shared it the first time hmm. when it happened when I was 22 because yeah. actually people were lovely and people are not judgmental and I don't know I think the world is a, a much kinder place than maybe I thought it was um, so that was something really positive that has come out of it. So. Um,
0: amazing. Yeah. So I, I am going to come on to this. So because you, you said, you know, after your first cardiac arrest, you led a pretty normal life and yeah. sort of went on with your career um, mm. and was having a great time. And then this happened. I mean, and you mentioned that Instagram post, um, which is quite emotional for me, oddly, because you you kind of went very quiet and we were worried. Um, we didn't know how to, to contact anybody close to you. And then we saw this Instagram post. Which I think your your lovely husband put up. Yeah. Um, and then and then remarkably, like as soon as you were out of hospital, you gave us a call to say, How can I help? Of course. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> which
1: is crazy. So um just so tell me what happened. Um, basically I had another cardiac arrest, which um was is uh, even more out of the blue because obviously I had an ICD so an ICD in 99.99999% of cases stops a cardiac arrest from happening again uh but for me I was just incredibly unfortunate that actually in that instance it didn't stop me there was there was a problem so um i had a cardiac arrest but this time it was actually more it became more serious actually because i i went to hospital i was in a coma for 2 weeks rather than 2 days and then i also got sepsis and oh. pneumonia when i was in hospital and um so i was in hospital for 2 months uh, which is a long time to be in hospital yes. for And um, I had an ablation. I'd already had an ablation before, but I had another ablation, this time externally on the heart as well as internally, which is a bigger operation and then i had a new icd fitted which was brilliant so um but yes it was it was quite an event it was quite an event
0: yeah that's putting it mildly mm-hmm. so um I, I just i mean you've you've made the point there that what that you know this second cardiac arrest was very rare and we just want to, to make the point because there will be people who've had cardiac arrests who've who've um who are worrying who are anxious by hearing this but just to reassure people this is so incredibly rare it was just one of those you know things um Mm -hmm. and um, am i right in thinking even your cardiologist said he'd never they'd never seen this before
1: well yeah i mean this the staff at the hospital i mean like I, i saw a lot of cardiologists and a lot of senior doctors and yeah i mean they were quite um Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly, incredibly rare. And I have just got to say, I mean, just to reassure people, I mean... I mean, it happened to me. It was my ICD that didn't work. I've now got another one. And I can honestly tell you 100% that I don't feel anxious. I I 100% trust this ICD, you know, and that just shows how rare it was. Yeah. And how rare they made it clear to me it was. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like it's, you can, if you have an ICD, you can be confident in it because I'm 100% confident in mine.
0: Yeah, I mean, you sound like even more confident than you were before. <laughs> I
1: think so. I think I am. You know, I I think I'm not really quite sure why, but I think um I think it's just like with anything. I think the more you go through, the more you survive. I don't know. Just the more the more confident you become, yeah. and I think because also. Each time something has happened, um, I'm probably the most annoying patient because I ask so many questions. (laughs) But, you know, I like learning about it and I like really knowing the details. Um, And so, you know, when I was in there for two months, there was a lot of time for me to ask questions. So I feel I understand things even more from like a medical point of view. And for me personally, that's something that gives me confidence. I'm not somebody that just likes to kind of go into denial. I like to know all the details. Absolutely. Worst case scenarios. Yeah, (laughs) everything. so So, just
0: going back to when you had that um second cardiac arrest in the summer so crucially it again it was just fortuitous you were with your your husband I think you'd only been married a matter of months and he he knew CPR and it's thanks to him that that we're talking today basically
1: so he used to be a uh, basketball player basketball coach and he learned CPR when he was working there, obviously never, ever had to use it. And um, then, yeah, incredibly, he um, gave me amazing CPR. And the, the doctors, I mean, the doctors did say when I was in my coma, they said to my family, if if anything good comes out of this, it will be because of her husband's fantastic CPR because that was just so important. It was so important. So it was, you know, obviously with COVID and everything, there was a bit of a delay for the ambulance. So it was... It was longer before the ambulance came with the defibrillator. Yeah, so, yeah, I think yeah, it was a good, good five minutes. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, CPR was crucial, and he did such an amazing job. And and you were at home as well, which I suppose yes, was. Fortunate. I was at home. Yeah, I so,
0: was at home. Yeah. So when when you discovered Rohanna, that he had, uh, it was your husband who was responsible for you still being here. Did you did you did that affirm that he was a keeper?
1: Oh, I already knew. I already knew he was perfect. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but, yeah, no, it really, it was, yeah. I mean, obviously, I find, I think that I actually find the, the hardest thing about it all and the most emotional thing about it, the fact that actually he saw it happen. Yeah. And, um, because that, seeing somebody that you love or just seeing anyone, even seeing a stranger, literally you know their heart stop beating and essentially dying Mm -hmm. that's I mean that that is that's hugely traumatic um nobody should have to see that so I think yeah out of the whole experience that is what I feel most emotional about the fact that he he saw that but yeah yeah he's he's amazing and he has um he has been incredible from like from the moment I came around and it's still incredible so yeah
0: and, and wonderfully, you—the the, the lovely ending to this, you know, sort conclusion to it—is that in November you celebrated your first wedding anniversary.
1: Yes. Yes, November the second. Yes, we got married November the second, twenty twenty. We were going to get married earlier, but then um, we were going to go to Italy in the summer. But obviously that didn't happen. So um, yeah, then we decided to do it here in London. So yeah, this November was our one year anniversary. Yes. So extra poignant, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah,
0: yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you mentioned that you'd supported the, uh, us at the British Art Foundation for eight years, and I know, mm. as I said, you you couldn't wait. You know, you were literally out the hospital. Hospital doors and you were ringing us asking us how you could support us so could you just sort of tell us some of the ways that you you've helped us and raised awareness by sharing your story
1: yeah, so um, the first event that I did was um, I gave a speech at your Tunnel of Love mm-hmm. back in, I think it was November, actually, 2013. Everything happens in November. It's an important month. It is. Um, <laughs> so um, that was back in 2013. So that was six months after my uh, first cardiac arrest. Um, and then since then, um, I've done some adverts for you for some of your campaigns. I was on Sky News. Um Good morning, Britain. I was part of a celebrity tea party thing that you yes. did, which was wonderful. That yeah. was super fun. The lovely Olivia Arben had an event also that I was invited to and I spoke at. She's one of your ambassadors. She is. And uh, Laura Whitmore was at one of the other events that I spoke at. I think that was with Pandora. Um, So, yes, so I've been part of some of your brand collaboration events, some of your sort of galas, your events, and obviously then also TV and adverts as well. And and also you
0: have forgotten this. It's a bit of a long list, but you've forgotten our Heart Hero Awards as well. I was so touched (laughs) by that.
1: I was I was so touched. I mean, everybody's story. You had so many incredible, incredible nominees. And yeah, that was a really it was a really special day to be part of that
0: and and it yeah, was actually it was. sadly the last live one we were able to have I before know. lockdown hit
1: i know i know but yeah it was a, it was a really fabulous day and yeah. and how how important is it for
0: you to to sort of support us in this way do you get something out of it by but by by sharing your story does that kind of empower you as well
1: yeah i think it's like with anything i think like i'm i really think that if you take ownership of something it takes away any power that it might have in terms of being scary or being intimidating, you know. So I think that, you know, when I first got in touch with you in 2013, I just I just wanted to share my story because I just thought you probably haven't had many other 22-year-olds who have had a sort of cardiac arrest um, come to you with their story. And so I thought, well, let's just see if you know you're interested and maybe I could help other people and I think for me what I like is the fact that somebody if there's just one person that reads my story in the like BHF magazine or here's this podcast and maybe just feels a bit better or a bit more like they're not alone that that honestly that just makes everything worth it I mean for example um on Instagram Um, we had quite a few people actually sending us private messages saying, actually, I have an ICD as well, or I have this heart condition, or I gave CPR to this person, or, you know, and all of these things that just nobody would have shared otherwise. And, like, it's, it's a huge privilege that people share that with me. Like, I did feel hugely privileged, but also I felt really good that they felt that they could because I know that, for me, it's difficult. it's it's difficult to share your story. and it can be it is can be a taboo, and you can feel a bit worried about losing work or losing friends or people judging you. Um so if yeah, if just one person hears this and maybe feels, yeah less alone and more confident in talking about it then that would just be amazing so no, brilliant point I mean it's
0: all about the shared experience isn't it because definitely you know I'm guessing that you when you had your first cardiac arrest you didn't know anybody of your age certainly that had been through that so there will be someone listening to this who's maybe had personal experience or in their family and Mm. and and sort of will connect and and feel a little bit better as you say
1: And I remember the first time I was in hospital, um, there was a lovely doctor and he said to me, Um, oh, you know, Jesse J's got a heart condition as well. So this doesn't mean that you won't be able to live your life to the full. And, you know, that meant so much to me. It meant so much to me because I didn't actually know that Jesse J had a heart condition at that point. And then I kind of was there in my hospital bed and then I started Googling it. And I thought, actually, yeah, like, look at her. Like, she's gone on and done amazing things. And it hasn't hasn't stopped her from doing what she wants to do in life. Absolutely Um, not. So, yeah, that was, I really appreciated him telling me that.
0: Um, and we have to say for people listening as well that you do bear an uncanny resemblance oh, to, it's to Jessie It's just they have short hair. <laughs> it's just because they have short hair. <laughs> that, no, the, the, your, your bone structure, the whole lot. In, fr- in uh-huh. fact, I'd go so far as to say, have you ever seen
1: Jessie J and you in the same room? <laughs> well, I saw her live, actually, because I do really like Jessie J, and I saw her live. And it was actually the only pop concert I've ever been to that I actually, I actually cried at it. She was so amazing. She's an incredible singer and uh, yeah she was amazing unfortunately I can't sing like her (laughs) (laughs) she probably can't play the flute like you I mean (laughs) (laughs) so moving on I
0: mean what's you you sound fantastic and full of energy what's kind of life looking like for you now and going forward
1: so yeah life's looking really good I mean work-wise um we've had a brilliant year I think we've in the last year and a half so my DJ duo Sunana. Um, we've released about, I think, about 24 tracks and um, we've been had wow. support from David Guetta and Don Diablo. And um, yesterday, actually, we signed a contract with a brand new management company, which is so exciting. Um, and so, um, yeah, we're going to be managed by um, Leandro De Silva's um Company, which is uh, Origami Management, which is incredible, and we're so excited for kind of all the adventures on the horizon. Congratulations! Congratulations. Thank you so much. You're Thank unstoppable. You. So as oh. we
0: as, as, as we kind of come to a close, I wonder: Do you have a message for for anybody who's you know had an experience of cardiac arrest or,
1: or witnessed it? Um, what what would you say to people? For anybody that's experienced a cardiac arrest. I would say be brave. I think that's something that really helped me in the early days. Each time I've had to recover from it, just pushing myself that little bit each day, whether that is seeing a friend, it doesn't have to be something physical that you're pushing yourself with, just a little something. Maybe you see a friend, maybe you walk for five minutes more when you're building up your exercise. Maybe, I don't know, you go out to the theatre when maybe you feel a bit anxious about doing that, whatever it is. Um, And each time you do something that just takes a bit of courage, you'll find yourself getting stronger and stronger and braver and braver. And then eventually it begins to kind of fade into the, for me anyway, it just begins to fade into the background and it doesn't have to define you. I mean, if you've had a cardiac arrest and you're here to talk about it, you're a survivor, Mm -hmm. you know, so if anything, that is like a huge thing to be proud of and if it is going to define you in any way it can define you in a hugely positive way because yeah you're a survivor and I would just say keep challenging yourself look after yourself really look after your mental health as well that's something that's really helped me do things that make you happy keep your loved ones really close to you keep your friends close and yeah really just look after yourself mentally and be kind to yourself that That's huge as well. That's perfect advice.
0: Thank you so much, Rana, And I wish you all the best for the, the new year 2022. Thank and mate, you. May it be a it's fabulous one.
1: Oh, thank you. It's been so nice to chat to you. <laughs> Same here. Thanks again, Rana. Thank you.
0: If you've got any questions or concerns about your heart or circulatory health and want to talk with a cardiac nurse on the BHF's Heart Helpline, go to our website at bhf.org.uk slash You'll find all the contact options there. You'll also find useful information in the episode notes and on our website, bhf.org.uk. And if you've got your own heart story or have any thoughts on this episode, get in touch with us by emailing the ticker tapes at bhf.org.uk.